Opa. Gangnam Style. Oh, I was well, I was reading like a misheard lyrics thing on BuzzFeed and somebody had something I don't remember what it was, but it was about Gangnam Style and it was something totally different than Gangnam Style. I don't remember what it was though. Bad story, sorry. I think I brought the stopper. Here it is. Thanks. Thank you for opening that. And opening this. Wow, that was a real struggle. Thank you for opening my wine for me. Yeah, and you for have your a, struggle can. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. I feel like at times you have difficulty opening. Well, not all, not all corks are made the same. Some are really easy. Some are really hard. That's why you got to shake a little bit. No, I'm not about that. Not around electronics. How's your week been? Fine. Got food poisoning. Yeah, your belly. I'm gluten free, and like I had probably a decade of really bad st stomach problems, and I did my time, but now I know how to control it, so I don't really have belly problems. You keep having these well, I mean, random belly problems. You still have them. You just I do when I you've eat learned gluten. how to ignore them. I do when I eat gluten, which I don't do. Unless I accidentally eat teriyaki beef jerky, which... So you do. I didn't know it had gluten in it. No, but I mean, you did this yeah. past week also. Right. I didn't mean to. And then we were sitting there in the car and I looked at the beef jerky packet and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm going to die. This has gluten in it. And Put then I the felt the super fo foggy, foggy. Hours. Yeah. Going to Long Island again. Shout out to Long Island again. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel bad because your stomach keeps having these bouts of sadness. But you don't see them coming. Whereas if I eat gluten, I see them coming. Let me pick the name of the podcast. And I just have to have... Sad Tales Every Week. Yep. Sad Tales of Alex's Life. Yep. Stall. Lynn. Sad Tales. Alex's life, mm -hmm. S-T-A-L. We'll change it. Let's just talk about what's going wrong in your life. Yep, we'll talk about Stalin on the other days. <laughs> this week on What's Up with Stalin. Just kidding. When he was 14, he... Had a dog named Gunther. I don't think that's a very Russian name. No, it's German. Right? Sounds it. Yeah. Well, I tried. Besides that, it's going okay. We're getting ready for grassroots. So um, Ithaca has this. It's actually pretty well known. But Ithaca has this music festival every year. It's four days long. It's in July. Um, Spoiler alert. It's July. <laughs> yeah. But it's in the same time every year is what I was trying to get at. It's uh, held at the... Well, just like what? The third weekend? Yeah. I think so. Um, so. It's not going to be like it's a Wednesday and Tuesday this year. No, 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 no. No, it's always Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's four days of music and food and hippies and things like that. Although it's gotten more uh, gentrified. Well, hippies, white people. I was promised nudity this weekend well, at, at that festival. So Okay, so it's not nudity per se. 
There's tons of tons and tons of topless women. Not tons and tons and tons, but there's a decent amount. They do body painting, though. So nobody walks around nude, but people do body painting. So I don't know. If you want to call that nude, then sure. One of my bosses was regaling me with the story that once he went to the Oregon State Fair, and there was a man just walking around with a gourd strapped to his junk. Cute. That was the only thing covering. Well. He was like, yeah, there was like a curly Q end of on it. All right. That's something. But anyway, it's cool. Um, It's been going on for like at least 25 years at this point, I think. Oh, well, definitely, actually. It's been going on for, because it's older than me, by one year, I think. I think the first year, so what is or that, maybe like the second year, I, my mom was pregnant with me. 36? Yeah, sure. Um, My dad has gone to every single day, and I think my mom has pretty much gone to every single day. But you are... A virgin. No. Okay, that's not where it was going. Yeah, you've never been. But you're volunteering to work for your brewery. Well, not just mine. I'll be pouring for other people. What? There's other beers. Okay, well, you're working. You're volunteering to work in the, brew, the beer tent mm-hmm. garden things. And I'm just going to go and enjoy it. I haven't been in probably at least six or seven years, maybe six years. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever been legally allowed to drink. So you admit to underage drinking? No. Question mark? Don't know. You don't know if you've ever underage drank? Or at not, the festival. Or you're not sure if you're un- at admitting. At the festival. Everyone has toasts at weddings, Alex. That's the only time. For sure. I don't think I've ever had toast at a wedding. Ah, good one. But anyway, that's coming up. Last weekend, also, we ran our color run. We did. It was hot. Like, it is hot now. Yeah. So, we were... So, we get there. First of all... um, Tons of kids everywhere. Yeah, there were way too many children. (sighs) I hate an event with children. But we were just, like, hanging out, getting ready. I asked you to estimate the number of white people there percentage-wise, and you were, like, 80%. I think it was, like, 95%. But... um, the DJ was pretty good, uh, and it was it was a cool atmosphere. And then, so we take off running, and for some reason, I got, like, pelted with color. I got it thrown down my throat. That's true. And then one woman smacked me with the color bottle. So we were, like, getting our battle scars, if you will. And then we got, like, we were at mile maybe, I don't know two and three quarters or something out of the 5k and i was like dying Mm -hmm. it didn't help that it was blacktop but i was like why am i dying so much because you and i run a decent amount and i was like why am i so tired and then we finished and i was i was like what was the time and we like booked it (laughs) i didn't realize Mm -hmm. you gotta gotta beat other people you were so competitive Bunch of kids in the way. You got to run past them. Well, yeah, I don't want to be near kids. There's another one we were keeping pace with. Yeah, but it was pretty cool. Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. Um, definitely a change from the other one we had run the month prior. Yeah. And then we went around Binghamton. And I will not name where we went, but we went to a place that serves alcohol. And they had the world's worst mimosa. And then you went. we went to another place that took us like half an hour to get. 
despite it being like five miles away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you just, I don't know, something going on either with your phone or something else. I don't know what, but we had to stop and restart going to this other brewery three, maybe four times. It's because we were just going around in circles in the same area of Binghamton. Yeah. So I, I navigated us to the wrong place twice. And I was like, well, it can't. We, this isn't going to happen again. And then it did. And then we got there. And we were promised tacos in a taco truck. Well, you promised me tacos. Well, the website promised me tacos. Forget what. You could have eaten anything there. But we get to this brewery. And already I'm like only searching for breweries. So I'm already making concessions. But then there was a promise of like artisanal tacos. And we got there. And there were no tacos. It was Sunday, and they decided to have a brunch menu only. I dare them. So it had, like, biscuits and gravy and chicken and waffles and a breakfast sandwich and no tacos. Why didn't they even have breakfast tacos? It's not Tex-Mex. They had a breakfast burrito, but it was in a flour tortilla. I was so disappointed. I don't know. But then we ate... Wait. No. (coughs) Yeah. It was really disappointing. But anyway, it was a fun weekend. And then it wasn't. Then you got sick. Yep. That's life for you, though. This weekend. It's going to be awful. It's just going to be... Wet. And hot. It'll be okay. Just enjoy the music. I'm like 95 with like 100% humidity. Just enjoy the music. There's a lot of cool folk and bluegrass and zydeco and things like that. It's cool. It's worth going. You're going for free. So, what do you have to lose? My sanity as I deal with drunk people. No, people really aren't aggressively drunk there. I haven't been in a while. But I was aware and cognizant of drunk people back in the day. And they're really not. First of all, it's a friendly group of people. Second of all, they're mostly high. And that's easier to deal with. If you say so. You'll see. You'll find out next weekend or next week, listener. We'll do a recap on big episode two zero. The big two O. Gives me a week off. I don't have to research anything. Yep. Am I go- I'm going first? Yeah, so I went last. You went, went first, first last. Last week. And we we're still unsure whether that was the right. I don't even know if it was or not. We never figured it out. But I can go first this time. Irregardless. I go first this time, and I only go next time. Mm-hmm. It's the Francis Show. I think that's how it went featuring. when I did episode 10. So, Well, maybe. I don't remember. Okay. My story is not particularly long, but I really like stories about doctors. But you hate Doctor Who. I've never seen Doctor Who except the one episode with the stretchy woman. Mm-hmm. The skin lady. Cassandra. Sure. And I wasn't sold. But I really like stories involving doctors. Doctor Death, one of my favorite podcasts. Doctors who do bad things, it's a great topic. What about Dr. Kevorkian? Is he somebody that does bad things? Yeah. So I wanted to choose this story because even though it's not super long, I really enjoy the topic. And that's what this is all about, ain't it? Let me take you back to 1825. 
You picturing it? Got it? Mm-hmm. Good. About the average lifespan of an anti-vax child right now. 1825? No, people lived until they were like 18 or 20. Oh, so. wow. You got a little political thing going on there. Nice. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, well, it's we could go on a tangent about that. I will not. Um, Edward Pritchard. Name sounds familiar. The Pritchard part. Well, of... I mean, like Pritchard Automobile, isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Edward Pritchard was born in South Sea, Hampshire, in England. In case you didn't know where Hampshire was, but, it, you know, it's kind of obvious based on the name. Well, it's because there's a New Hampshire in the U.S. So. Well, I didn't really think about it like that. There has to be an old Hampshire Yeah, somewhere. yeah, yeah. Is that where New Mexico is? <laughs> it's in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so he was born in 1825. When he was an adult, he was about six feet tall. He walked with a significant hunch. He was bald, tried to cover it up with a really ugly comb over, and had a giant beard to distract people from the other amazing qualities that he had. Just a little... Club foot. No, he didn't have a club foot. I mean, he walked with a hunch, maybe. I don't know. I don't think club foot leads to a hunch. I don't know. Dude's kind of weird looking. You could Google him. He's got pictures. Photographs didn't exist back then. Yes, I did. Breaking that up. Oh, my goodness. But he's really something. He's a hottie. A hottie with With a Bugatti. That didn't exist either. No, it didn't. You're right. But whatever. His family was a Navy family, forged in the sea, if you will. Mm-hmm. We learned this last night while watching Cutthroat Kitchen. Um, his father was a captain in the Navy, and he kind of followed in the footsteps of his family. First, he went to King's College Hospital in London and graduated in 1846. Although I do have to say... How was that following in the Navy family? I said for, he followed in the Navy for footsteps, but first he went... Oh. You interrupted me in a mid-sentence. So he graduated in 1846, although, according to, like, every source I looked at, it was unclear if he actually had a strong educational background or not. Everyone was like, allegedly he did this or whatever, and it's not even 100% clear that he got a degree. Well, back then, they didn't really keep records. Right. And if they, even if they did, you could just pay somebody to write up a form. It's easier to falsify. Mm. I guess. Then, sass pants. After he graduated, he went and served as a an assistant surgeon on the HMS Victory, which sounded familiar to me. Maybe it just Victory Brewing Company. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, the word victory sounded familiar, like a word I had heard before. No. You didn't look it up? Um, I did, I forgot. Then he went to serve on other ships, including a ship called the HMS Hecate? Hecate? Hecate. Don't know. I don't know what word you're trying to say. H? Are you with it? Yeah, but... Just because you're saying the word I know, but strangely. your eyes are half open. Um, H-E-C-A-T-E. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, he went on the HMS Hecate. I'm just going to call it that because it's way more fun than Hecate, 
which sounds stupid. Which one sounds more English, though? I don't know. I don't know. And he went to Portsmouth, England, where he met his wife, Mary Jane Taylor. And in 1851, the two of them got married. Together, the couple had three daughters and two sons. Um, and he was, like, kind of done with serving in the military and the Navy. So he decided to become a just a, a GP in Yorkshire, mm-hmm. a general physician. And he was he had his practice as well as on the side he was writing books. One of the books he wrote was about the benefit of water cures, which is like basically what it sounds like. Hydrotherapy. You got an ailment, here's some water. Like Not soak in it. What's that? Is that torture? More or less. No. This is like soak in it. Blah blah blah. Maybe that weird neti pot thing. I don't know. Water is a cure. Also, while he was in um, Yorkshire, he became a Freemason. He was a master of the Royal Lodge and then master of Old Globe Lodge. So he was really involved in the Masons. And then in 1859, he left with his family and moved to Glasgow, Scotland. Right? Ireland? Scotland. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I felt like I was wrong for a second, and I doubted myself. Um, so the family kind of just, like, picked up and moved. For no reason. It's really, it's a little bit unclear as to why they moved, but there's some speculation. One thing that people are pretty sure about was that he was in some sort of massive debt, and he was like, let's pick up and start over. Scotland's just a free run. country. Just run from it. Maybe his business wasn't doing well. I don't know. But another one is that it's possible he was having inappropriate relations with his female patients. And that was like kind of getting around. So then he was like, let's pick up, move, start over. don't know that I did that and do it again. Yeah. Well, yeah, basically. So they're not 100% sure as to why he moved, but they're, they're pretty you sure. You can assume. They're pretty sure at least the debt aspect was a big part of it. On May 5th, 1863... There was a fire in the Pritchard's house in Glasgow, and a 25-year-old woman named Elizabeth McGrain died. She was um, a servant of theirs. And when they investigated the fire, they determined that the fire started in her room, but that Elizabeth didn't even try to escape from the fire. She was unconscious. They're not 100% sure she was either unconscious or drugged or already dead or something like that, but it wasn't normal. Well, how do you determine if someone's trying to escape if they're near a door or a window? Well, if she's just like still lying in bed or whatever. Well, that just means you didn't wake up from the fire. How, yeah, if you don't know but if the fire a... is in your room. Yeah, but if you're sleeping during a fire, how do you... Ha- it's hot and it smells like smoke and you start coughing. Probably your body's response is to cough i feel like there's plenty of stories that people just burn in their sleep i thought it was mostly carbon monoxide where they like i don't know but anyway in 18 um 63 they determined that she whatever means they had in 1863 that's how they determined that she hadn't tried to get out of the room i'm not sure uh but Because of the weird 
details associated with the fire and her not trying to leave or anything like that. A lot of people thought that the fire was started on purpose and that uh, William Pritchard had started the fire and purposely killed Elizabeth, but there were never any charges made against him. They didn't really have the evidence to pin him down for that. In 1865, uh, William Pritchard's mother-in-law, Jane Taylor, was having health complications, and she was like she was living with them. She, she had, burned to death. No, <laughs> no, she had health complications for a while, but at age seventy, she in 1865, she passed away. His wife, Mary Pritchard, also had been feeling ill for a while. She had been retching having headaches, and she was very weak. And on March 17th... You got this from an English website. Uh, retching? Retching is like a thing. There's like throwing up and retching, and they're different. Yeah, but Americans don't really use retching. Yeah, but they're different. Right. One's like... Oh, no, that's vomiting, and... Uh, one of them's like forceful, and one of them's... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought there was a difference. I thought retching was just like... A more violent vomiting? Yeah, vomiting is passive, I think. And I think retching is active. There is some... It might not be those words. There are two terms that are different in terms of throwing up. One of them is like active and one of them is passive. I just feel like I've heard British people say, like, I'm going to retch. I'm not sure if I've heard like Australians. Hmm. I don't know. I thought they were different. No, I told honestly, like. Otherwise, I would have changed it. This will come up later, but it's episode nineteen. We forgot. What? Nineteen crimes. Oh man! Oh, uh, we were going to and everything. Oh well. Anyway. Yeah. So she was retching, having headaches, oh. whatever she was doing technically it's 20 20 would be 19 we just need to go with because 17 and a half well just that was just a half yeah so 20 is 19 Mm -mm. this is 19 of actual sad tales Mm. yeah yeah Mm. this is 19 anyway on march 17th she was having major cramps throughout her body and she was feeling really lightheaded. So a fellow doctor of Dr. Pritchard's named Dr. Patterson came to check on her as well and found that she was in significantly worse shape than he had previously seen her throughout her illness and was really worried about this. And then the next day on March 18th, 1865, Mary Pritchard passed away at 38 years old. She was poisoned. Um, I can't say one way or the other as to what happened here. She was. Uh, after... With some, uh, not cyanide, the other one. Do you know this story? No, but you know the one I mean. No, I don't. It's written down in your notes. I don't know what you mean. I don't think what you're trying to get at is what happened here. We'll find out. You're going to be like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. When the poison even comes up. Arsenic? Yeah. No, that's not it. Okay. See, I knew you. What happens here is not what you think. Anyway, 
You think you're so smart, you Virgo. Well, that's what happens with arsenic poisoning. You ain't so smart. I mean, you're so smart, but not in this case. Arsenic poisoning is kind of like food poisoning, but more severe. Mm, You would know. Uh, So, she dies. She gets buried in the cemetery. And during the burial ceremony, the funeral, you might say, uh, Dr. Pritchard stopped and was like, open up the coffin. And that's like kind of a weird thing to do. And he was like, I got to do something. So they open up the coffin and he like makes out with her. Nice. Also takes her olive jewelry. No, I don't know about that. But the quote is, he had her coffin open so he could kiss her, quote, with a great deal of feeling. But he made out with her a dead body. Let's be real here. Yeah, but at this point, how long has she been dead for? I don't know when the ceremony was, but he made out with a dead body in a coffin. Gross. That's your wife. Gross. Slash husband, whatever, like. Gross. Ew, Alex, don't make justifications for necrophilia of any sort, even the soft core. Even kind. for the bereaved? Blech. Blech. The bereaved one of I would not make spouse. out with you. Sure you would. I might kiss you on the forehead and that's it. You kissed a dead body. Huh? And that you still kiss a dead body in that case. I would kiss you on the forehead. I wouldn't make out with you. That's disgusting. You're not making out with me back. So like, what's the point? Anyway, Doctor Patterson, who the guy who was the guy that came was to aid in like taking care of the the mother-in-law and his wife, thought that this was a sp- suspicious thing, and he thought that this was not up to code. He was like, something's up here. He refused to sign the death certificates, but Dr. Pritchard was like, I'll do it myself. I'll sign the death certificates. I don't care. So he signed the death certificates and he said that the, um, oh yeah, he signed off on the death certificates and said that the mother-in-law died from apoplexy. Do you know what that is? I didn't. Maybe, when you describe it in detail. I knew what it was when I <laughs> looked it up in layman's terms. Uh, cerebral hemorrhage or stroke. So the mother-in-law died from that, he said, and the wife da- died from gastric fever. Do you know what that is? Food poisoning. No. I didn't know what it was either until I looked it up. Typhoid fever. So he was like, this is how they died. And Dr. Patterson was like, oh, I don't freaking know that that's true, but whatever. So that's what happened then. Then, and then, and then, then, an anonymous letter was sent to the police saying, "Um, you might want to look into this more." She died of arsenic poisoning. This doesn't seem right, and it was on. No, I'll address you. No, I told you it's not. I'm not lying. You also said, uh, "I'm not going to say she wasn't poisoned." Well, right. That was obvious that I was. It is poisoning, but that's not arsenic. Anyway, <sighs> Alex, you don't need to know the story ending before the story ends. What color is this hair? Dark brown. Yeah. So they get this anonymous. Synonymous. They get the synonymous letter with the synonymous word. And they were like, hmm. Maybe we should take this into consideration because so like Scotland Yard too. No, that's in that's in London. 
I know it didn't start in Scotland. I don't know where it started, but the Scotland Yard is in London. There's also a board game. I tried to play it once with my British friends in England, and it was boring, and I didn't understand what was happening. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what you have to do today. But here's the deal. So if you got an anonymous letter saying that someone had a fishy way of dying, then you might be like, okay, maybe. Or you might be pretty skeptical. But here's the deal. There was already that fire Mm -hmm. that they, like, thought was kind of weird but didn't have any proof. So they're like, we already got some thoughts in our head that he's not... He's not a cool dude. So, they looked into it by exhuming the bodies Mm -hmm. and giving them a full autopsy because he signed off on those bodies and was like, they don't need an autopsy, by the way. They're fine. So, they exhume the bodies and they test them for substances. Toxicology. Yeah. Guess what they find? Poison. Antimony. Basically the same thing. Well, I don't think so. Is it? Isn't antimony an element? Yeah. Isn't the other one? I keep forgetting the name of arsenic. Isn't that? Isn't that AS? I don't know. Hmm. Antimony's like SN or something. I don't know. Something weird. Like silver. HE. I'm somewhere near silver. I don't know. So they had... Was an H-E gold? That's A-U. Mm. Periodic table of murder. <sighs> um, Gotta make sure that's in there so that we can have a, a title. <laughs> God, Alex, you're, you're grasping for straws. Straws. What? Say it with a long A. I've been around you too much. Remember that one time I had it? total disembodied moment when i said draw and i was just like what just happened and i wanted to never look at myself in the mirror again because i was embarrassed anyway antimony poisoning symptoms i looked them up for you in case you wanted to know the panel's about to fall which one the one right behind your shoulder yeah they're all about to fall antimony poisoning symptoms you wanted to know what they were stomach cramps I looked them up for you, free of charge. Loss of color. Respiratory irritation, GI symptoms, and cardiac arrhythmias. I don't know. Maybe loss of color and cramps. GI symptoms, cramps. Sure. So, they're like, dude, we brought you in. Also, these two are poisoned. So, he goes on trial. Crowds and crowds of people gather to watch him. Taken to the court. In a police van and everything like that. Paddy wagon. Whatever. Cars don't exist yet. I don't know when cars exist. Didn't cars just come out in like 2000? The movies, yeah. (laughs) Rascal Flats. Life is a highway, man. I'm going to ride it all night long. And day long. And the following night and the following day. Um, Tickets were issued to the gallery... In the courtroom because They're probably the gallery for the execution. Well, I don't think there were tickets for that. But this guy was like a big wig doctor and apparently was like really suave and friendly and blah blah blah. So he was like a big name in the area, so everyone was like, Oh my gosh, this doctor killed two people. 
Mercy me. My word. Yes. They said all those expletives like... Southern bells. Golly gee. Well, except there was an, a British accent or a Scottish accent. You will... Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. No, it's more like... Well, I don't know how to do a Scottish accent expletives. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was something. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, uh, 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 uh. Right, <laughs> Anyhow, mom, it's just <laughs> All right, we get we gotta go further beyond this so that we don't lose everybody in Europe, um, or the UK, I guess. Yeah, France is still probably okay with us. Anywho, um, so he goes into court, and it becomes apparent that it was probable that he was having an affair with a maid in the house and that this had something to do with everything that was happening. The maid's name was uh, Mary McLeod, and she was 15 years old, which gross. Ew, no. I mean, it was the 1800s. Ew, no. It's socially acceptable back then, so. Um, in August 1864, allegedly Mary was forced to have a miscarriage, and if... How do you force someone to have a miscarriage? He either do it physically or force them to a doctor by ways of intimidation. Also, she's 15. Like, I was a 15-year-old girl. It's very easy to sway a 15-year-old girl. But um, if that's the case, it's likely that the father was William Pritchard. And she said that also he promised her that if his wife ever died, he would marry her instead. Um, Mrs. Pritchard... Once caught her husband with Mary, he admitted to this in jail, and then allegedly, right after this, she got sick. Uh, most of the evidence from the trial was coming from the servants, maids, etc. that were working in the house. They testified that uh, both Mrs. Pritchard and Mrs. Taylor, the mother-in-law and the wife, were frequently sick, and it often coincided with food that Edward, Edward, William. <laughs> oh, his name is Edward. William Edward. Edward William. Mm-hmm. I've been calling him William because maybe he went by both because a lot of the times the articles called him William. Anyway. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna do shady shit, be poor. <laughs> Whatever his name is, Richard. Be a poor person and do shady shit. Yeah. Right. Nobody cares. Um. It often coincided with the food that he made for the ladies of the house. On trial, he convinced two of his kids to testify about how much their parents were in love with each other. But it didn't really help the cause. Um, because a lot of the doctors in the areas questioned the condition of the, the ladies of the house. And thought that something was happening. And uh, Dr. Peterson was like... Uh, this isn't okay. Patterson, sorry. I was like, this isn't okay. Something's going on. Um, and it was fishy that he, like, signed off on the death certificates, didn't ask for an autopsy, etc., etc. After a five-day trial in Edinburgh, um, oh my gosh. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a slipper. I thought Callista was under the table, and I was like, what? She's here. No, she's in bed. Throwing up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she threw up this morning slash last night. It was a dark time. Yeah. 
shudder. It was dark. Um, after a five-day trial at Edinburgh, Edinburgh uh, he was convicted of two counts of murder. Although technically, if you were to like do this trial today, he probably wouldn't have been convicted of murder because all of the evidence was circumstantial. Manslaughter. I don't know what. I don't know if he could have been convicted. I don't know. Second degree. But like back in the day, there. If there's like a suspicion that someone. Committed a murder, it probably happened. Was manslaughter or are there like variants of murder even a thing? I really don't know. I don't know. But after he was convicted of the two counts of murder, he was hanged in Glasgow, which like for some reason I always think it's fun that it's hanged. Not hung. I don't know. It is hanged. I always thought that was weird. But he was hanged in Glasgow in front of an estimate of around 100,000 people on July 28, 1865. He was the last person to be publicly executed in Glasgow. And it was actually kind of unique because usually for hangings like this, it was done in a private setting behind like a curtain or something. I don't know. I don't freaking know. In a little courtyard. I don't know. In private. Were they, though? I feel like all my, I don't know, experiences with, like, that in movies is... Well, I think at one point it was public, but that at this time it was usually private. But because, A, he was a doctor and a well-known figure in the community, and B, because the crimes were heinous, as Law and Order likes to call them, SVU. Dun-dun. That was a good try. You should have done the actual audio, man. Um, the hanging was publicized and people were allowed to be present for it. Something I didn't know actually about, I don't know if it's all hangings, probably not, but this one in particular, and maybe just hangings in Glasgow, uh, one hangman was on top of the gallows, like on the little stage, if you will, mm-hmm. putting the hood and the noose and like pulling the lever or pull the lever cronk or whatever. And then there was a guy below the gallows who yanked on the legs of the person to make sure that they died quickly. Kind of like a Scott thing. That's nice. Is it? Yeah, because there are, there are times where uh, people have like... Asphyxiated. Taken a really long time. Yuck. Uh, right before he died, he, quote, cried crocodile tears over his wife. And because of this, some articles at the time called him the human crocodile. Kind of a weird name. And then um, one author that wrote a book about him, Rick Geary, said that he was a narcissistic sociopath and that he refused to admit guilt to anything making him have this personality disorder. And that is Dr. Pritchard of the UK. Dr. William. <laughs> Dr. Edward Will. Will Ed. Ed Willie. Whatever his name is. E-D- <laughs> e- old E.D. Will. E.D. Willie. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it took me a while to get there, but. <sighs> and this is brought to you by Viagra. Cialis. Okay. We don't accept Viagra's money. 
I get so this many. Is, this is a Cialis I get, household. I get so many emails about buying Cialis. It's wild. And they oh. all go to my junk mail. What kind of sites you're going to? I don't know. I didn't think I was going to sites. I've never been on a porn website. So, yeah. Alex, I totally forgot. I didn't, we did this like an episode ago. What are you drinking? A 10th anniversary beer from, a, I guess, the local brewery in Long Island where I live. Do you want to say the name or no? Just the local brewery? Greenport Harbor. I don't actually, I think it's just called 10. I don't know what the actual name of this is. There's just, That's just a 10 on the can. Did you know I was doing some research on uh, breweries and great Instagrams and marketing, et cetera, et cetera, um, today. And there is a list of like top 15 breweries in New York State or whatever. And Greenport was like two. What was number one? Uh, Kill them. Oh, my gang. It was on my gang. I think so. Kill them. And then Ithaca Beer was like nine or something. Kill them. But I just thought I'd let you know. Nice. What are you drinking? <laughs> okay. 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 To all of our loyal Instagram users, I alluded to this earlier with my Instagram story. Sure. Our Instagram story, I, although you have no say in it off the You tongue. don't tell me when you do it or if you do it. I don't go on Instagram all that often. Right now, I am drinking Fink's Sparkling Chenin Blanc. Chenin? 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 Chenin Blanc. Chenin Blanc. Sparkling wine, which I'm almost out of and you don't have. So I'm going to pour so you I some. So I am out of it. So this wine is actually brought to you by Wink. The wine subscription service. Let me tell you a second about Wink. First, let me pour more wine. Okay. I've heard about Wink from a number of people. I think your sister used it or uses it. Yes. My oldest sister, got. I remember years ago when Wink was first starting, she brought a box home of wine. And she's like, I got this Wink box. And I was like, what the heck? But I was like, that's cool. Do you know what some of the f my favorite things are in this world? Not having to go outside and wear pants. No. I, yeah, exactly. I hate pants. I don't like going in public. And I love wine. So, like, these three things together, if you can combine those into one thing, it's perfect. Which you can. With Wink. With Wink, you go on their website you take a little personality quiz. It's like, do you like your coffee black, like good people should? Or do you like it with milk and cream, like, you know, 13-year-old girls who want to say they drink Starbucks? You call me a 13-year-old girl? <laughs> you don't drink sugar in your coffee. You said milk and cream. Oh, milk and sugar. Sorry. Um, do you like adventurous foods? Do you like spicy? Things like that. You take a personality quiz. Based on that personality quiz, Wink gives you a box of four wines that they think you'll like. And then, once you place your order, they'll ship it to your house. I went through, I took that personality quiz, I looked at their selections, totally agreed with them, but I wanted one of each varietal they had. Mm -hmm. So I got a sparkling, I got a red, I got a rosé, and I got a white. Then... Checked all the boxes. Yeah. Then I was at work, and I was looking at FedEx to see what was happening, and it was like, Wink is being delivered today. 
I had wine being delivered to my door. And so you cared so much about it, you left work to go and make sure it was not sitting in the sun all day. Well, I you also have to sign for it. Not true. That also, I suppose. But I left work. Temporarily, I was also on my lunch break, and I had to come here to feed the cat. But I came here, and someone showed up with a box of wine, curated for me. And the great news is... Um, listeners of our podcast, you can use our unique uh, code. If you go to trywink.com slash sadtails, you can go there and you can get $22 off your first order of Wink wine. That's uh, four bottles. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that your shipping is complimentary. So it's $22 off your first four bottles of wine and complimentary shipping. And you don't have to put on pants. And Wink partners with like some of the top winemakers in the world so they can bring the best wines to your doorstep. And like like Francis said, don't have to even have to wear pants. I mean, you might want to when the delivery man comes, but... Whatever. It's basically a bathing suit. That's up to you. I will say, though, I actually... I mean... I didn't have doubts, but this sparkling wine is delicious. I have not actually yet tried it. I've been drinking beer all night, so. It's delicious. It's light and refreshing. It's the one that they picked out for me in my profile. I don't like sweet wines. I said I like spicy foods and black coffee, so they know. Mm -hmm. So if you want to try out Wink and you want wine delivered right to your door, which is great for a gluten-free person like me, Go to trywink.com slash sadtails, and that's $22 off your first box of four bottles of wine with complimentary shipping. Head on over. It's my story. And you're sticking to it. Yeah. I mean, I have no choice. It happened. No, well, I mean, you changed the guy's name. Happened <laughs> the story, so. That's true. What's even real? I don't know. Did you like it? Yeah, it was a good one. Um... Let's see. Do you know what you were doing on your 11th birthday? What? Uh, you were 11 in 2004? On my 11th birthday, it was probably disgustingly cold. Nobody wanted to come to my party. People canceled on me because they didn't want to drive in the snow. It happened almost every year. Mm-hmm. It was really depressing. Uh, I listened to Mambo Number no. 5 on repeat in elementary school. And then I got the CD... Lubega City for my birthday disappointed. from a girl named Christy and my mom gave it back to Christy's mom because <laughs> it had the word explicit on the cover. So I didn't get to keep that. But I don't know what I was doing specifically on my 11th birthday. Okay. Well, on February 9th, 2004. Maybe that was my bowling birthday. I don't know. February 9th, 2004. Woodsville, New Hampshire police receive a call about a car that was stuck in a snowbank in front of a neighbor's house. Sounds pretty par for the course. Mm-hmm. Typical uh, February 9th. Uh, in New Hampshire, too. Yeah. Uh, about 15 minutes later, around 7.43 to be exact. Whoa, that is exact. Police receive another call from a different neighbor um, who's calling about the same car. Like, dudes, get it out. Yeah, like, this car's still here or whatever, and yeah. Um, this time, this call is made by a bus driver named Butch Atwood. Um, he stated that the driver appeared uninjured, but cold. Please tell me that's his given name. Butch Atwood? Butch. Is uh, that a real name? 
I don't know if that's just shortened for something. We had... Like, how is Dick short for Richard? I don't know. We had a measuring tape at the zoo I worked at. Because we did a lot of, like, carpentry projects on the side. Because there was no, like, actual, real, good facilities team. Mm -hmm. They just existed but didn't do anything. Anyway, we did a lot of our building. And we had a measuring tape. And its name was Butch. It was left there by an actual contractor. And it has Butch written on it. So we'd be like, who has Butch? Anyway. Um, Shout out to my zoo friends who know Butch. So this guy Butch called the police saying there's a car here and the driver didn't appear injured or anything, but she was had been was cold. Um, the driver of this car was uh, Maura Murray. Uh, when Butch approached her about calling the police to say like to get her out, she's like, no, please don't call the police. I've already called AAA. Like, don't worry about it. Hmm. Um, but he but Butch ultimately did call the police when he got back to his house about five minutes later. Good for Butch. So, yeah, he met her around 738 mm-hmm. and five minutes later he called the police. That's good math, Alex. Yeah. Um, but by the time police showed up three minutes later, they found Mora's car locked. Uh, Mora was not around. She's just gone. Um, Butch, why do you leave? Because Butch had a, there was no, there was a very li- limited cell service in that area, so he had to go back to his house oh. and be able to actually call the police. Um, so police showed up, but they didn't find Mora <laughs> anywhere. Can you imagine living with this as Butch? Yeah. I just am really feeling a connection to him. For whatever, because of a tape measure. Yeah, but like, you left this girl and now she's probably dead. I'm just like, guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so police thought it was kind of cut and dry. Like she got like picked up by somebody and probably she got murdered. Uh, but they started looking to her life and things didn't exactly line up. Um, so born May 4th, 1982, Mora was the fifth out of five kids born, um, in Hanson, Massachusetts. I didn't write, write down the mother's name, but her dad thing was Fred because he's, he comes up a lot in the story. Fred Murray. Yeah. Um, when Mora was six, um, her parents separated and she lived mostly with her mother. She attended West Point for three semesters studying chemical engineering. Wow. Um, but during her time at West Point, during like a field training exercise at Fort Knox, she stole some cosmetics from the commissary. I heard it's hard to steal out of Fort Knox. Uh, apparently not, not so. Not the, com- not the commissary. She stole less than $5 worth of cosmetics, so I don't oh, even oh, know what that is. Yeah, right. What's less than $5 in Lip cosmetics? Gloss. Wet and wild, like one single eyeshadow color? I don't know. This is also the uh, 2000. 2003-ish. Like, Physician's Formula, weird knockoff blush. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, sure, I don't know. Crushed up red beetles. That's all it is. <laughs> it's charcoal. She used it as eyeliner. It was out of a fire pit. Um, this uh, resulted in, like, an honor code violation, and she was ultimately able to transfer from West Point to UMass Amherst, where she started studying nursing. That's a good school. Um, yeah, so she wasn't, like, kicked out of West Point because of this, but she was able to, like, just, like, leave and this, this goes away. <laughs> you don't want that on your West Point record. No. They're, S- like... Stealing for Fort Knox. I mean, stealing for Fort Knox is pretty... <laughs> I would brag about that. Um, while at UMass Amherst, she took a job as, like, a front desk security at a dormitory. So, like, checking people's IDs yeah, and yeah. all that. Um... 
In November 2003, Mora ran into some trouble with the authorities when she started using stolen credit cards to purchase food. Um, well, so a lot of this information is coming from a book that I listened to called True Crime Addict. Um, you listened to a book for this particular story? Not this old. Not, it didn't <laughs> plan this. I oh. listened to it like a month, maybe two months ago. Cool. Um, but I think the author of that book mentioned she was ordering like Pizza Hut and like ordering it to her address and police were like this card is stolen and it's going to this address why don't we just go there and see who picks up this pizza and it was moro can i just say one thing the amount of nights that a friend of of mine and, and i in college ordered those what are they called mm, stuffed sticks. box no something box it God, it's the world's best thing that ever happened. I think it was $10. And you got like um, three, I think we each got three pieces of pizza and like two and a half breadsticks and then five cinnamon sticks each. Nice. And it was amazing. And we would just, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about because fast food pizza gives me reflux. You know they have those boxes with stuff in them though. You've seen commercials. Sure. Sure, I guess. I can't eat them either now. Well, you still did. Oh, it was... can you imagine how much? Di... Anyway, continue. Never mind. We don't need to talk about my bowels. Um. So yeah, she was using this stolen card information. Police like showed up at her dorm, saw her pick her up. It's like, what's up? What's up, Pizza Hut? Um, she had somehow gotten this card information and kept it on in her dorm room on like a scrap of piece of paper. A scrap of piece of paper. A scrap of paper. Um, yeah, it's not. Police never really figured out how she got it. Whether she like just saw it laying on the ground and wrote down the information, or mm-hmm. took it and then did something with the card. Um, she got charged with like unlawful use of a credit card or some weird not charge like that. Theft? No. Um, got charged with that, and then it got continued into into December, and that was going to be dis- dismissed three months later. After, like, good behavior. Hmm. Um, so that happens. Then she's still working at the front desk in that dorm. On February 5th, 2004, around 10 o'clock at night, Mora got a call from her older sister, Kathleen. Um, after that call, at about 1 a.m., Mora broke down. Just, like, started crying. Yikes. She was also, like, unresponsive and, like, zoned out. Oh, jeez. So something, like, something really broke her. Um, at this point, her supervisor is like, "All right, you're you're going back. You gotta home. go." Um, when was when she was asked what was wrong, all Mora said was, "My sister." Was she like pregnant by her dad? Um, at the time, nobody really knows. It came out in like 2017, 2016 that her sister and her then fiance were having like troubles, and her sister had been like a um an alcoholic uh-huh. in the past and then her like fiance like pressured her into like going to get alcohol or something it just led to like a what weird thing like her sister was an alcoholic and she recovered oh oh and then oh, her, okay. her sister's fiance is like we're gonna go to like buy alcohol or something and oh. then that sent her into a spiral yeah hmm. and hers at the time her sister was like i don't know why that would have done that. I'm so glad we didn't go to the really dark place that I apparently went to really easily. Yep. Well, you said that the father's name would keep coming up, so I was mm-hmm. like... <gasps> no, that's... 
that's where my mind went mind my mind went to when i was listening to this audiobook mm. also uh february 7th maura's father fred comes up to amherst to go car shopping uh the two went out to dinner with one of maura's friends maura then dropped her father off at his motel and borrowed his car so he could she could go to a party later that night um she went to this party and was there for a couple hours and left around 2 30 around 3 30 a.m while traveling back to her father's motel she crashed her car into a guardrail bummer um, I didn't see if it was total, but she did like $10,000 worth of damages to the car. Um, and there was no report of a field sobriety test being ever conducted at the scene. So was she drunk or something else was going on? We don't know. Like a college party? Yeah. Like, but what is a grown-up doing with all the college kids? Well, she's... She's uh, out of West Point. She's out of Amherst. She's, she's an adult. Well, she... No. She's like 28. No, she's not. Wasn't she born in like 83 and now it's like 2009? She was born in 82 and it's like 2004. Oh. I thought it was like 2009. No. I was like, she's almost 30. No. Get out. But also, why are you going back to your dad's motel at 3.30 in the morning? Well, I would go to my parents if they were visiting. We often like, when they came and visited at in Pennsylvania, when I went to school in Pennsylvania, they'd get a hotel room, and I was like, I want to get out of my hellhole of a dorm, so I would stay in the hotel room with them for a night or whatever. Um, yeah, so no field sobriety test was ever like recorded being conducted. She That's because kept... she was on a road. What? It would be a road sobriety test. Yeah. No guardrails in fields. Get on. It's okay. You could laugh. Get on. Laughter's good for the soul. Uh, so she continued on her way with the. Or uh, no, she was uh, then like the police took her to her father's motel and she stayed the rest of the night there. At four forty nine in the morning, she used her father's cell phone to call her boyfriend. It's not clear what they talked about. Why she didn't use her phone? Who knows? Maybe because like you needed like sixteen different charges to be able to get be like guaranteed you could charge your phone back yeah then. and like maybe she was out of minutes and it was after nine or whatever mm -hmm. um that morning fred found out about the damage to his car and so he had to rent a car he dropped off mora back at school and then he returned back to connecticut where he was living at uh, 11 30 at night that day so f uh february 8th Fred called Maura to remind her to get, like, accident forms for the DMV so they can, like, file insurance and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, Monday, February 9th, just after midnight. So, like, February 8th, she stayed up until midnight and February 9th now. Um, she used her laptop to map quest directions to the Berkshires in Burlington, Vermont. That's where the rich people go, right? The Berkshires? Yeah. Sure. Isn't that, like, the... We're going to the Berkshires. Or the Poconos. Yeah, I went there for my uh, 12th grade school trip. Not glamorous where I went, but... I've never been to either. I'm driving through the Poconos, but that's about it. That's where Kalahari Kingdom is or whatever. Yeah, that water park on the side of the highway. <laughs> really gross. I really hate water parks. At 1 p.m. on February 9th, Maura emails her boyfriend. I didn't mention it, but she, yeah, she has a boyfriend. Yeah, you mentioned that. Did I? Yeah, he's come up a couple times. She okay. called him on the phone. All right, yeah. 
Um, and emails her boyfriend to say, I got your message, but honestly, I didn't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promised a call today, though. Huh. Following this, she calls a condo like agency about a location in Bartley, New Hampshire, and she asked about renting um, as she had stayed there previously with her family. Ultimately, they didn't end up renting to her. Yeah, she was gone. One thirteen p.m., Mora calls a classmate for unknown reasons. Wait, she's in school or not? She's in school. Wait, she's in school at Amherst? Yeah. I thought she graduated and was working there. That's no. why I was like, creeper, get out of a no, college party. No, she attended three semesters at West Point and then was basically kicked she out. I went to Amherst, graduated, then decided to work at a residence hall. No. She left West Point after three semesters for basically almost being kicked out. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Started studying at Amherst instead. Yeah, and then I thought, and then I thought she did, and then graduated, and then what? Uh, yeah. Studying so nursing at Amherst. Student currently and working at the dorm front desk. Yeah. She didn't like graduate and then was like, and my career is going to be working at the front desk of a dorm. No. Got it. Currently studying nursing at Amherst. Got it. Not currently, but... Right. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, so, one thirteen, she called a classmate for unknown reasons. One uh, twenty four p.m., Mora emails work supervisors and professors saying that she'd be taking a week off due to a death in the family. No death in the family occurred. Mm. Um, at 2.05 p.m., she called a service that provided booking information for hotels in Stowe, Vermont. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 2.18, she calls her boyfriend and left a voicemail saying they would talk later. Hmm. Uh, and then Mora packed up her car with textbooks, clothes, and her birth control. Um, her college dorm was packed up in boxes. Um, the art and posters had remo- removed from walls. It goes both ways, saying either she packed up her room or she just hadn't unpacked yet since it's February. No, 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 no. You've been there since August. You'd have unpacked. Yeah. So, yeah, all of her stuff's in boxes and nothing's on the walls, so it looks like she was leaving. Um, on the boxes was a printed out email to the, her boyfriend. I tried really hard and I couldn't find what the transcript of that was. I think they may have mentioned it in that book, but I listened to it a while ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, So I'm not clear on that, but um, later theories would suggest that maybe that was like a suicide note to some aspect. Hmm. Um throughout like as this goes forward her her boyfriend and his mother would say there was no email this was just like fake news yeah. um she left campus around three thirty in the afternoon wearing jeans and a dark coat um classes that day had been canceled due to an like impending snowstorm welcome to my life happy birthday 10 minutes later she withdraws 280 dollars from an atm and then drives to a liquor store and buys a bottle of bailey's kalua vodka and a box of franzia I mean, isn't Bailey's and Kahlua like the same? Bailey's Irish cream and then Kahlua's coffee. Cream. So. Franzia. Yep. Mm. Uh, she then travels to the DMV to get those accident forms. Mm-hmm. At 4.37, she calls her own voicemail because you had to do, do that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you weren't on your phone. Yeah. Or you, yeah, 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 yeah. Or pound, star one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and remember. Your pin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that I is that. the last recorded use of her cell phone. And then she leaves uh, Amherst and like college campus area after around five o'clock, somewhere between four and five uh-huh. o'clock in the afternoon. 
And then we'll just flash forward back to like her crashing and people calling her and mm-hmm. all that stuff. That's on the 9th also, or is yeah, it on the 10th? that's on the 9th. So she drove from Amherst up into New Hampshire, crashed, and then, yeah. Butch. Butch Atwood. Um, a neighbor returning home from work claims to have seen a cop car nose to nose with Morris car. Um, this is contradictory to the official police record, um, who say that the police arrived nine minutes later. Huh. It could be just people misremembering, but unclear. Uh, when police eventually do get to Morris car and find that she's not there or anywhere around inside, they, well, first of all, the car was locked. Right. Um, inside they find red wine stains, like all over the car, even some on the roof. <laughs> Her game of slap the bag got out of yep. hand. There is also an empty beer bottle and a bottle of Coke that smelled of alcohol. Whoa, 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 whoa. That wasn't on her shopping list. A bottle of beer, no. Or Coke. Um, there were other objects inside the car still, including the two sets of MapQuest directions. Her favorite stuffed animal. Oh my god, do you remember printing out directions? No, it's all up here, baby. No. Is yeah. it favorite stuffed animal? Favorite stuffed animal. Stop it. Wait, uh, no. And a book uh, entitled Not Without Peril, which was about uh, misadventures while hiking in the White Mountains. <sighs> no. Stuffed animal. Not found in her car were her cell phones and uh, debit slash credit cards. Did she just into the woods it? Not into the woods. Into uh, the wild. Into the wild. <laughs> to the woods oh lord um i'm trying to see so she police they, they get the, like the calls around like quarter to eight um about the car crashed at around i just lost it again around eight or eight thirty. a driver noted seeing a person wearing jeans and a dark coat moving mm-hmm. quickly down the road about five miles from the crash site this was ultimately not reported for about three months due to confusion on that person's part about like dates and yeah. how they lined up um by twelve thirty p.m on february 10th a be on the lookout or bolo was issued for mora how's that different than an apb oh that's a criminal i think so mm. um and by five seventeen on february 10th mora was listed as a missing persons by the police February 11th, Mora's father arrives. Um, Fred. Yeah, Fred arrives in the area uh, before dawn. They, some articles noted. And New Hampshire Fish and Game conducted their first search, first search of the area and were able to track down Mora's set by using one for gloves. And that led them about 100 yards east down the road, but they ultimately lost scent. To, that, uh, to police, that suggested she left in a car. Because otherwise there'd be no reason for like the scent to just break. <laughs> you didn't mention anything about police dogs, so I I know what you mean, but I like to picture these like police officers who just have really who have really good senses of smell. And they're just walking along. And they're like, <laughs> it smells like leather. <laughs> we lost the scent, boys. Let's pick it up. Yeah. Got the burps. Um, 5 p.m. on February 11th, um, Mora's boyfriend and their fa- and then their family arrive and were questioned about like the whole incident. Do we ever learn his name? Uh, Billy. Oh. 
Uh, I don't think I would ever date a guy named Billy. Like, let's pretend you and I broke up. Billy? What about William? Have you ever met a... a, Do you said Billy? Bill. Billy. Never Billy. Yeah, right? He he could go by Billy. Yeah, but Billy's who go by Billy's, never good. Never good. I'm telling you. Billy's go by Billy's. Um... By 7 o'clock on February 11th, police believe that Mora came either to commit suicide or she was, like, voluntarily trying to just, like, dip out of her life for some unknown reason and, like, was faking this whole thing. Um, but obviously her family is like, no, she's, like, good family. She has all this stuff going for her. That's, yeah. This isn't her. Um, on his flight in, Billy had received a voicemail, um, which he believed to be Mora sobbing. On the other uh, on the other line, um, the call is traced to a calling card associated with the Red Cross. Odd. Yep. Um, on February twelfth, police hold a conference. Police, ah, police hold a press conference stating that she was upset and likely suicidal. So if people see her, they should like call them and let her know so they can deal with it professionally. Um, a week into the, her disappearance, the search is expanded in, into Vermont. And a second search is conducted by New Hampshire Fishing Game. I'm not really sure why Fishing Game is doing this search. If it's in the like backcountry, they know it better than anybody. I guess. Yeah. I just like think a missing persons rep- or missing pe- person searches are usually done by the police and not like Fishing Game. Well, and... I think it has something to do with terrain, and also maybe it was like all hands on deck kind of situation. Mm. Like if you have extra, you know, Fishing Game people. Yeah. And they're out doing, like, tags and licenses and searches for mm-hmm. that anyway. Might as well. Yeah. Um, Plus, into the wild. Into the wild. Yeah, so if they do the second search of the area but don't don't find anything. Uh, Maura's father, Fred, is out every weekend following her disappearance, like, searching the area, trying to, like, find where his daughter went. But mm-hmm. he starts getting... Mm-hmm. He starts getting complaints filed against him for, for like, trespassing onto people's properties. and just... You know, the person who always pushes themselves into the investigation is the one to suspect. In March 2004, there's a similar disappearance in Vermont of Brianna Matland. You didn't deny it. I did not deny it either. But it was an arsenic. It was antimony. Yeah, so there was a similar disappearance in Vermont of another woman named Brianna Matland, but um, despite it being pretty similar, like, things happening, Brianna also, like, had a car wreck and then disappeared. Mm -hmm. Um, They draw no similar or no, like, formal similarities between the two. Right. Um, In late 2004, Fred Murray was given a knife from a man who claims that his brother (laughs) used it to kill Morrow. What? So this guy came up to Fred and is like, my brother <laughs> killed your daughter with this knife. Okay, cool. Here you go. Casual. Um, I don't know why my notes say that, so we're just going to go over that. Um, Sorry. The alleged murderer, this, this guy's brother, yep. scrapped his Volvo pretty shortly after the knife was given to Fred. Huh. So that's suspicious on that end. Um, oh, that's why it says that the, uh, the brother of this suspected or alleged murderer is also making this claim because this guy's brother like starts being really shifty and shady Uh around the days following the disappearance. Um, like him and his 
girlfriend to sort of start acting weird. Okay. Um, but this is dismissed, and they just they're believed to be like attention seekers and. Interesting. Yeah, why people push themselves into those things? Yeah. Uh, November first, two thousand five. So, just like a year and a half after the disappearance, right. a person on a message board dedicated to like finding Mora posted about seeing a black pack, black backpack that matched the description of something that Mora owned. Um, police stated they were aware of this backpack, but it's unclear if they ever did anything with it. Hmm. In October two thousand six, cadaver dogs get a hit in the closet of the house owned by the man implicated by his brother okay a carpet sample was taken but the results were never publicized about anything they found yep and then we're going to jump forward a bit tills and 12 youtube videos were published by a user named mr 112 dirtbag <laughs> uh that contain cryptic clues or some people uh, believe cryptic clues and references um to mora's case but police believe this to just be placed for attention and not actually well, I mean, anything. Yeah, YouTube. Because he posted on, on like an anniversary saying like, does this look familiar and oh, stuff gosh. like that. Distasteful. Uh, by 2014, with the 10th anniversary of Mora's disappearance upcoming, Mora's father stated that he believed his daughter was now dead at this point. And in February 2019, the basement search of... Um, a house that cadaver dogs got a hit in was they searched that basement but ultimately found nothing the cadaver dogs just like there was a dead body here at some point uh -huh. but there's nothing they found like broken pottery and okay. stuff in the basement floor and up to this point Mora no, sell it. Mora is still sell missing it. Sell, it. sell it sell it come on oh my god Alex you didn't deny the father but you didn't have a answer um freaking freaking frack mora's case is noted as possibly the first crime of the like the first crime mystery of the social uh, media age as facebook was about five days old when mora went missing so like this was able to move around pretty quickly with that um there were also accounts that came forward of mora's father fred not actually spending all that much time looking when he was out searching every weekend um, and his demeanor was reportedly changing between the times that the cameras were rolling and cameras were not on him. He was all like tears and stuff when cameras were on him, but when they weren't, he was, I guess, a regular guy. He also claims that the reason that the police lost um, Mora scent when they first searched for her was because that her gloves were new. Because that's how scents work. No, uh... Um, suspicion also started to fall on Butch Atwood because um, he was always getting these questions because he was the last person to ever see Mora alive. Don't you dare put Butch in this. Butch is not the guy. I uh, got a good feeling. Um, in this book, True Crime Addict, people, a lot of people said that Butch was known to be like, he was known to throw his weight around a lot. Okay, well. Like he was known to like intimidate people and do stuff. Just because his name is Butch. Um, but in some interviews, he starts to like show that like all this pressure on him is starting to like get to him and he's like doing the interview and like towards the end he's like i can feel like the way you're phrasing it seems like you're pointing suspicion at me and oh butch he has since died <gasps> butch died yeah he I... alex what are you doing tonight <laughs> um since her disappearance there's also been multiple reports of people seeing mora in canada 
like uh, in Quebec, I believe, was the main province they, that they see her or somebody that, look, that looks like her. Um, I don't recall the date on this, but there was somebody on Reddit that was claiming to be a psychotherapist that had treated Mora for a bit in Canada. Oh, please. Um, and that she voluntarily escaped. Like she staged the accident and she escaped because of her dad and boyfriend. But that post was quickly deleted. And then you might ask about Billy. No, I don't ask anything. Um, a few months following Mora's disappearance, Billy was out on a date with another woman. Wow. Quick. Yep. Um, so they're like hanging out, having a good time at this one party. And they're like, you want to go get like a hotel room? No. Billy. On the way to the hotel room, this woman said that Billy grabs her by the neck and said that he would kill her like Mora. Um, she then got him in the crotch, like just went for it. Good. And then his demeanor changed and he was like all docile and like peaceful or whatever. And she ran away? Yeah, there she got out of there. Um, another woman that had worked with Billy at one point claims that Billy um, sexually assaulted her multiple times during their time working together. And then in 2011, a third woman came forward saying that she had had sex with Billy consensually, but during um, their time together, Billy began choking her and said that he wanted to hear her gasp for breath. Wow, Billy's a crazy um, dirtbag. So a lot of this... Dirtbag, whatever. I got this, most of this information from like um, All Things Interesting and Wikipedia, and then also the book True Crime Addict by James Renner, who was running a like a, a blog for a while, but then put out an audible book. Which, Not related to Jeremy. No. <laughs> <laughs> the budding pop star. But that is the disappearance of Maura Murray. Alex, I, do, I can't even begin to say how frustrated I feel right now. I thought we had an ending coming. I thought there was... You just play with people. You play with me. You play with our listeners. Listeners, you want the solve story? I got you. Alex likes to... Watch me on the cusp, staring with my eyes wide open, and then just grasping my hairs. But if you do live in, it's not it's not fair to say that she'd still be in the area, like New Hampshire, Vermont area. But if you do live in that area, or if you just want to keep an eye out, what? keep it, yeah, just take a look at her picture, and maybe you've yeah. seen somebody that looks like her, and or in Quebec, yeah, um, yeah, just take a look at her picture online and see if you know anybody that looks like her. And I hope she's still alive. Yeah. I mean, the cadaver dog hit is not great. I don't feel like she is, but I hope. But yeah, um, either she ran away willingly or is she ran into the woods to escape something. That's a good story. It's great. That's a good one. That was really well stated. Where were we when I said I had a sad tale? Oh, I know where we were. Sure, because I don't. Okay. Not a sad tale. Sorry. Okay. Well, thank you, I guess. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a little departure. It's not necessarily murder, but... I mean... Okay. Mm Mm-hmm.
Let's move to a... Brevity. A strange thing. Guess what, guys? We have one. Uh... Thank you to Yo, one girl. of our listeners. No, no? No, they didn't write in. No. Someone, someone told me they had a strange thing, folks, uttered. And I asked them to write in, and they didn't. But thanks to Yo Girl, Francis, with her bad ears, I heard something. Bat, not bad. Okay. You and I were out to eat at an Ithaca restaurant. Well, we were out for, like, drinks and a snack. Mm-hmm. You went to the bathroom, I guess. No, 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 no. You went to go take a call. Yep. And I was... Sitting at the table by yourself, choking a margarita, that Ambrose ever decided to start drag racing. Bam, bam, bam. Okay. So you and I were out to have a snack and a drink, and um, you went to go take a phone call, and I sat there to finish up the check and pay and come meet you. And we were in a patio-type setting, painting the picture. It was a sunny day. It was way too hot. Um, I was, like, hiding from the sun like the vampire child that I am. But there was a dog that a couple had brought, and it was, like, sitting under the table or whatever. And they were, like, fawning all over it like you do with pets. It's better than children. Uh, And the owner was, like, talking about how great the dog was. And the owner goes, yeah, he's a really smart dog. And the friend, so it was two couples, one of the friends was like, yeah, but is he smarter than a cat? And the owner goes, he's a smart dog. And then the friend goes, okay, but like, is he smarter than a bunny? And then the owner of the dog just like looks. And that's it. That's it. How does one judge the intelligence of a rabbit? I don't think they're... I mean... Because, like, cats, they have, like, the whole thing of, like, they test gravity or whatever you want to call it when they push things off Yeah, and, like, you know that they're thinking a lot of things, but, like, dogs are super smart and they're like, okay, okay, okay. So he's a smart dog, but, like, is he smarter than a bunny? Just like, you look at a bunny and you're like, damn, that's one smart animal. Look at him with those carrots. No, they don't really eat carrots. But. Yeah, how do you, they get stuck in a box because they just go into it for whatever reason. I I don't think that's really a thing other than like Elmer Fudd, but. No, that's a a type of trap you can make. That doesn't work. Here's the deal. Bunnies ain't that smart. If you had to rake dogs, cats, and bunnies, bunnies would be last. Bunnies, I love you, but like, no. Dogs, flippin' smart. They know a whole lot of things. Have you seen those dogs who like get beers out of the fridge and like bring them to their owners or like get the newspaper and then like pick out the funnies and they're like, here are the funnies, you only wanted them. So how's here's the moment of truth. What's smarter, cats or dogs? It's hard to tell. I think cats are smarter, but they just, like, subdue it. They're, like, one of those assholes in the room. They're, like, 
I'm the smartest one here, but I'm not going to say anything. Well, here's the thing. Dogs are like, I'm smart and I'll flaunt it. You want to see this trick? I know this trick. And cats are like, I'm a freaking genius, but I'm not going to put it in your face. I think they're both really smart. I don't think bunnies are that smart. I think that they're good reflexes and they know how to react. I think they're scenario dash Lee smart scenario Lee they're smart in certain scenarios Mm. but like this girl was just like okay but like is it smarter than a bunny they're smarter than a rabbit (laughs) and the the owner you could tell is just like Mm -hmm. check please uh I don't know. It's a smart dog. Meanwhile, the dog was like flipping out because one of the owners went to the bathroom and it was like, but anyway, are you smarter than a rabbit? Who's to say? One of life's great mysteries. Then again, Bugs Bunny, smarter than Elmer Fudd. Yeah, but. Elmer Fudd's not like the epitome of intelligence, I guess. Anyway. That's what I got for you from our restaurant experience. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. That'll do Listener. It. Episode 19. Thank you, listener, for listening to our episode. We loved doing it for you. This was a good one. I enjoyed myself. If you like us, here's a couple of ways to support us because you love us. You can head on over to Instagram or Facebook. Or Twitter. Or Twitter, at Sad Tales Podcast. Check us out there. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash Podcast, and there we have uh, various levels you could support us at. Yeah. All of them um, allow you to access to our alternate uh, Supernatural Tales podcast. Right. Which you heard two weeks ago. Yeah, if you loved that, check it on out. It's a very small increment. Was it $2 to start? Yes, Exactly. Um, and don't forget, this episode was sponsored by Wink. So if you want to check out some amazing delivered wine with complimentary shipping, head on over to trywink.com slash sadtales, and you can use our promo code. That's $22 off your first uh, order of four bottles and complimentary shipping. Get it delivered to your door without pants. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll do it for episode 19. Get ready for 20. It'll be big. Also, don't eat beforehand. You might lose your lunch.